Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Reasonable Doubt podcast. My name is Rob Rosen. I am the executive producer and creator of Reasonable Doubt on Investigation Discovery. I'm Fatima Silva, criminal defense attorney and co-host of Reasonable Doubt. And I'm Detective Chris Anderson. I'm a former homicide investigator and the co-host of Reasonable Doubt. All right, we're going to get to a uh, you know pretty intense case and a really, really circumstantial one. But as has become our habit, before we even get to that, let's go around the table. One to ten. Fatima, how sick of this are you? I don't know. You always ask that. It's up and down for me. Some days I love it. Like I said, when it's past five o'clock and I got a glass of wine, I'm okay with it all. <laughs> it's, it's during the day when I'm trying to work and it's absolutely impossible with the kids. So it's a little stressful. Yes. Uh, Chris, what do you got? So, so with me, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think I think Fatima and I are about in about in the same boat. You know, I'm still having to go in and work every day, so we we are still experiencing a lot outside of the coronavirus and law enforcement. But uh, you know, uh, there are days where I just enjoy just being at home and being alone and talking to myself and and enjoying that time. What are What do the conversations by yourself sound like? So it's, you know, I've heard that you should not answer your own questions, but I do answer my own questions. Oh, okay. Y'all know this better than anybody except for maybe my wife, but I live within my head and it's a full on fight. Sometimes it's a full on battle going on up in there. So, you know, hey. Do you sometimes bring out the uh, comfort puppet? I remember when you uh, posted that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, my comfort puppet has been... uh, he he's been a huge listener for me, so I uh, I talk to him a lot. Yeah. What's his name again? I forgot. It's Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the case, and I have to say that right off the bat, for me, this case was like so amazingly circumstantial that I was really, really 
looking forward to seeing how you guys investigated it. Before we start talking about the case, here's just a little bit of background on it. December 3rd, 1997, 4.30 in the morning. 24-year-old Tammy Lynn Baker is on her way to work when she notices a lockbox by the front steps of her home. She reaches down to pick it up and Tammy Lynn is instantly killed. She is eight months pregnant. Police turned their attention to her ex-boyfriend and the father of her unborn baby, a man named Coleman Johnson, who everyone refers to as Mike. For two and a half years, investigators try to build a case against him, but they find no direct evidence. The state ultimately does not press charges, but because the crime involves a bomb, the feds step in. In 2000, Mike is arrested and charged with murder. The following year, he stands trial in a federal court. Prosecutors say Johnson set the bomb so he wouldn't have to pay child support. The case is highly circumstantial, but after just two days of deliberations, the jury finds Mike Johnson guilty. He is now serving a life sentence with no possibility of parole. So, First step in the investigation is you hear the plea from the loved ones. And um, my impression, Diane, his mom, great lady. I mean, I think she was like pretty locked into her position, but um, Sarah, his daughter, seemed very, very open. Like she, like she just, you know, she, she really wanted to see what you guys found. That was my impression. Yeah, I, I think I feel the same about this case. And, and, and that's the real reason you know, I wanted to delve into this case as deep as we did because, you know, it is hard. You, you, you've got to look at the position that Sarah was in. She was a young child when this whole thing happened. And the only real information or, or the, the majority of the information that she got was from other people. And, and of course, reading on her own once she got older. But, you know, by that time, depending on the source of information, you don't really get a, you know, just a, a non-biased entity that's telling you this information, information about your father. But, you know, you, you know, I think knowing Sarah's position and knowing how she felt about the case was really my motivation for looking into it as deep as we did. Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, when we deal with loved ones who are children, it's, it's really hard um, because you place yourself in their shoes. You know, for a mom, you know, a mom's always going to love her kid. And, um, this person could be a grown man now. It makes no difference. That's her baby. And she's going to stand by him. And that's a mother's love. And I'll never fault a mom. Honestly, a lot of people go, oh, these mothers, they're in denial. You know what? If this person doesn't have anybody else, at least they have their mom. When now, when it comes to children, I, I say it's hard because, I mean, even if your parents aren't perfect, you still want to look at them uh, as an example. You still want to look to them as your hero. With that said, Sarah from the start uh, appeared um, very strong, almost too strong. Um, there was a part of her, you could feel the disconnect that um, was natural for the relationship she has with her father. And it was almost like, um, this girl, so she is very, very smart that I just hoped ultimately, no matter what decision we came to, I also didn't want it to um, turn her away from him. 
because I know that she appreciated that relationship now. Um, but I could tell I was dealing with somebody that was, that, that Chris and I were, were dealing with somebody who was very sophisticated, very open, um, very raw, honest, and, and that's what we, what we want from them. Um, but I, I had just hoped that, you know, she didn't have her guard up completely and, and wasn't ready to walk away from her father. So let's talk about um, one of the key witnesses, Fatima, you interviewed, Lenny, who was a childhood friend of Mike's. Now, first of all, did it at all influence you that he did get paid to testify, even though it wasn't a large amount of money, he did do it for money? Absolutely. It, it, it always influences uh, their believability. Um, it, it takes away from their credibility in my eyes, but I mean, as a defense attorney, that's something I always go to, you know, if, if somebody else is testifying against my client, I look to what incentive they may have. Um, and we're also dealing with, you know, a young person who um, has a past himself, um, you know, lives in a, a certain kind of area. I mean, any amount of money could be substantial to that person, right? It, it could help them out and get them back on their feet. So yeah, that's, uh, I never like that. And I, and I hate that people are offered money, um, you know, in return, it gets really tricky when it comes to reward money and everything else. But that is the only incentive sometimes to make people put their safety on the line. When you sat across from him, what were your thoughts? Um, he appeared very credible to me as far as, um, you know, just very open and honest. And, you know, he was honest. I mean, we didn't show all this in the interview. Obviously, we didn't have a lot of time when we air the show, but he and I spent a lot of time together and he talked uh, openly about his past, about, um, you know, the flaws that he had. And so anytime somebody's doing that with me, I, I kind of build this rapport where I feel like I, I'm, you know, I can trust them as to, um, you know, what, what story they're telling me. And, and the reality is he had nothing to gain other than, you know, what was less than $2,000 to turn against his best friend. So there were really two key things, two pieces of circumstantial evidence that I think Lenny brought to the table. One is he said that he and Mike used to steal cars together and that Mike would blow them up afterwards to hide the evidence. And that became critical because Mike claimed he didn't know how to make a bomb. Um, the second one, he talked about what happened when Mike had found out that Sarah's mom was pregnant. Do you know Mike's reaction when he found out that Angel was pregnant? Yeah, absolutely. This bitch is going to cost me money. So you testified that he asked you to help him hurt Angel so she could miss Gary. Correct. Is this true? Absolutely true. Tell me what he said. So he started talking about maybe riding up and putting a piece of wire across the steps. So when she came down, she would trip and fall and maybe lose the baby. It's evil. God, that was disturbing if, you know, if that was true. I, I, what I recall is asking him, you know, why, why should I believe you? You know, and he, I don't know if this ended up on the show, but he said something like, well, he just, I've never even been to that house. Um, I've never been to Angel's mom's house. I guess Angel lived with her mom. And he said, but I can describe it because he literally told me what it looks like, how they come down the stairs when they come out of the house and how it would work. And I thought, that's interesting. You know, that's, you look for those things to, add credibility to whether somebody's telling the truth. But once again, what was his incentive in, you know, it was one thing to say for him to say, 
um, you know, he built bombs and we did this with cars, but he went even further and he said, you know, he was even offered money to hurt Angel. So it's a lot that he's saying against Mike, more than what's needed necessarily to get a conviction that you do wonder at that point, okay, is this, is this person definitely telling the truth? Right. Um, Chris, one of the uh, leads that uh, Diane, I think, was really invested in was the idea that there had been some sort of a serial bomber because there had been two bombs. What It was a flashlight and a tackle box, I think, that had been left in a couple different locations in that town in Louisa, Virginia, after um, Tammy Baker's uh, death. You know, one thing about serial bombers, they kind of like serial killers, you know, they 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 change their they change their mo but they don't really change they they get more aggressive they get more powerful you know you don't see them dumb down their science because one thing is that that they want to do is they want to show their smarts if you will i think i kind of struggled with that when i found out about that afterward because that to me was very interesting this idea that there were more uh bombs that were going off around town um the other one being, and I remember it was just in a parking lot and a woman drove up thinking, oh, free flashlight and went to grab it. You know, it's obviously not targeted towards someone. But I also couldn't help but think, come on, they're following him all the time. Like, how does how does somebody go have, you know, even go out and do this and set these other ones if, if you're being followed and tracked? Um, but, you know, it is possible at some points, but I, I don't know. I was really thrown off by that. Um, but once again, I mean, just like in our last case where I do believe somebody, you know, while they were being watched, had the nerve to, you know, leave to another town and get rid of a body, um, you know, when there's an opportunity in a way you'll find it. And so it doesn't necessarily mean it, it wasn't possible. But, you know, that to me was interesting. And I think what helped was knowing that the other ones were different, like they weren't going to injure somebody as much. So it is almost like somebody's going, oh, you know, I'm setting this to to, to show that there's somebody still out there doing this, um, trying to Guys, throw I, a red herring. I don't know if you remember this, and it didn't make the show. And again, there's just so much information in a case mm -hmm. like this, and we have 42 minutes, so it's really difficult to get everything we want. So we're glad we have this podcast to talk about some of the supplemental uh, evidence. But I think it was a year or two years later, and Mike admitted this, that he had asked a cousin of his, if I remember this correctly, yes. to build a fake bomb and leave it in Louisa. And to yeah. me, that was a really devastating piece of circumstantial mm -hmm. evidence. You know, yeah. It shows that he'd already had this mindset to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. So they weren't just coming up with these theories out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. That points that, I mean, if, if, if police had no reason to really point the finger at him or look at him, that gives them more than enough reason to now look at him. So... Yeah, that was very poignant for me. That was a very big deal, yeah. Right. I think, you know, people try to just go, oh, well, you know, he said something like, oh, I was just showing her how, you know, I don't really understand how to do it. And it's like, oh, at that point, you're just like, oh, you're digging, man. You just made it worse. It's kind of like last week's episode where, you know, guy pushes oh, the yeah, car yeah. out. <laughs> pushes the <laughs> yeah. car out in the middle of the street. The I don't want house. the cops in front of my house or anything mm -hmm. like that because I sell drugs. No, no. Right. Well, Chris, isn't that isn't that the old uh, investigator's adage that every murder eventually makes a one critical mistake? Oh yeah, yeah. In every case, that there's one critical mistake that's made, and you, it's up to an investigator to find that mistake. So yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So let's talk about the lie detector test now. Diane, um, I think with full conviction, said it couldn't have happened. 
because I fell asleep watching TV at 1 a.m. And then the next thing I knew, the phone rang and I woke up at 5.30 in the morning and Mike was there. So how seriously do we take the fact that she passed that polygraph? Well, I mean, you have to think about how polygraphs work. Uh, they, if, if you believe in your subconscious that this person did not, um, uh, if that's your truth, then the polygraph won't pick it up. So I, I, I do believe in her mind, she does not, she thinks that he was there that entire night. So, you know, knowing how polygraphs work, uh, I think that that's what she believes was the truth. And, you know, I, I just, you know, you have to take everything, take that, take that portion of the examination with a grain of salt. Fatima, you're on the other side of polygraphs all the time. I mean, do you put much credibility into them as a defense attorney? I don't like them. No, I mean, they're not, they're not 100% reliable. They're like a field sobriety test to me. You know, it's like, is it an indicator? Maybe. Um, but if you, once again, like Chris said, if you believe something um, strongly enough, or if you know, if you're that great of a manipulator and that great of a pathological liar, sometimes you're just good at passing these things. We've had people who fail, who are innocent. We know that in uh, exoneration cases. So, you know, it's just, it's another piece of evidence that, um, it's, it's not DNA or anything like that. It's not a fingerprint, but it, can it be persuasive? Sure. Do I believe the mom? I do. I just think that when you need to get something done, you get it done, you know? And so, yeah, she may say, I, I would have woken up normally if he just walked down the stairs normally and opened the door with not a care, then yeah, you would have probably woken up. But if he has the intention of doing what he did that day, then he's going to be ultra quiet, you know? Right. And, and you, you just but can't if she say- But if she believes in the premise, I would have woken up, then she can pass the polygraph, even if the premise right. is faulty, right? Yeah. All right. So let's move on to Anna. And that's a fake name. But that was one of uh, Tammy Lynn Baker's friends. And Fatima, I do always like when I see you, and I know as a defense attorney, it's different for you, but where you're able to talk to a loved one from the other side. He's trying to say, you know, I was excited to be a dad. I, I you know, didn't want her to have an abortion. Which is complete and utter. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Lies. It just makes me angry that 22 years later, here we are, instead of taking responsibility for what he did, he wants to lie more. I found her very powerful. I mean, what was your, what was your impression of her? I always find best friends very powerful um more than relatives and significant others um best friends know everything you know if if you're really close to someone you tell them everything um and it sounds like tammy didn't have many people uh other than her family to you know confide in but but she could really relate to anna because anna was a mother too and they had a, a lot of things in common and a woman goes to her best friend to vent about the way she's being treated by a man. She'll go to a best friend over her own parent because, you know, she doesn't want anybody else to worry. But a best friend's going to be there and, and, and listen and try not to judge and help and guide you through. And that's what I felt from Anna, that she really had insight as to things that Mike had told Tammy. What else did she tell you about conversations she had with him? That he threatened her... She was just tired of arguing with him about child support. She was tired of him saying just awful things to her on the phone. What she, kinds of things? Threatening to take the baby away and that she was going to be an awful mother. But I never thought that he would kill her. Her statement seems a lot more credible than he is did. Of course, he's going to say that he wanted the child because, you know, what man that's in his position is going to admit that he didn't want a child. So I, I fully expected him to say that, you know, and that's what he did. But with her, her, her statement to me seems a lot more credible. She's, she, she even feels as though she takes some of the, uh, the blame for her losing her life because she pushed him to, she pushed her to ask for the child support. So yeah, her statement seemed a lot more credible than he is. God, I miss her. She was just a good person, and she didn't deserve this. So, Chris, finally you got to talk to Mike. Um, unfortunately, because of the state that this investigation was in and because it was federal prison, we had to do it by phone and not face-to-face. -face. Um, before we get to your overall impressions of talking to Mike, I do want to play the clip and when you were sort of grinding down on him on whether or not he wanted this baby with Tammy Lynn Baker. Did you not want the child? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's my child, yes, I, I do want it. 
Wait a minute now. After after a, a, just a two or three week fling with Tammy, you actually wanted a child with her. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if 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 I ever if I was if somebody was pregnant with my child, yeah, I would want my child. Even I'm, with a woman that you've only known for a few weeks. Well, I wouldn't want her to abort the child of, of anybody, no matter whose it is. How was the relationship after you found out she was pregnant? We, we were fine. I stayed in touch with her. We didn't have any arguments or anything. Uh, but anyway, I told her that if it's mine, that I do want, I want something to do. And she said, well, all you, I want you to have anything to do with the babies financially. I said, no, if I'm telling you, I'm having something to do with my kid. Yeah, I, I just had a, a, a lot of problems with his, uh, with his statement. Strange way to look at this, but I do want to ask you guys, and, and maybe Chris in particular on this one. This case, uh, out of all the ones that we've done in three seasons, I, I think this investigation is probably the most circumstantial. And my question is this. Is it ultimately Mike's own words that landed him in prison? Because there was really no actual evidence, but there is him saying, I don't know how to make a bomb. And then you have Lenny saying he does. And then you have a neighbor who said that he remembers seeing him building bombs. And then you have uh, Mike saying, well, there's probably a copycat bomber out there. And then they intercept uh, him writing out plans, which shows that he knows how to make a bomb uh, and asking someone to, to do it to divert the attention of the police. And then there's Mike saying, I've always wanted to have children. I wanted Sarah, I wanted Tammy Lynn Bakers. And then there's this evidence from Anna and from Lenny. Is this really something where if he had said nothing, he would have never been in prison? Um, I mean, to your question, as far as if he had told the truth, I don't think in this situation, if he had told the truth that he was familiar with bombs, whether he, he said it or not, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't gonna change the situation. We're getting a little accompaniment behind Fatima with her uh, one-year-old who woke up from an app, but go, go fight through it. Um, yeah, I just think that, you know, even if, even if he had come out and said, yeah, I, you know, I, I have some experience with bombs, I just think that um, they would have never taken their eye off of him, you know? I mean, you always look to the person closest, somebody who's got something to lose. In this case, he, you know, he had a lot to lose. And um, if he was capable, it, you know, whether he could have actually built this, whether he could have driven there and done it, I think that, that would have been enough. But isn't it ultimately the, the lies? Like if he had said, yeah, of course I know how to build bombs. I used to blow up cars. And no, of course I didn't want this child. Oh, well, I mean, I knew, her for, yeah. I, knew her for, I knew her for two weeks. And, uh, and he didn't send out that uh, instruction on how to make a bomb to someone else. I mean, if he hadn't done those three things, it seems like it would have been almost impossible to make a case. Uh, I, I think if he, I think by, by saying lies, it's more incriminating 100%. And, and that's what Chris and I always talk about, like, just get the truth out. If I was his attorney, you would want to get it out in front, but I, I just don't think it would have really helped either way. That's all. I know it was really hard for you to have to go back, especially, uh, to tell a mom and a daughter, uh, the findings of your investigation, but um, we are really lucky that uh, Sarah has decided to uh, call in and check in with us. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hey, Sarah. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are y'all? Doing great. Doing great. Hey, I'm glad you you, you got an opportunity to join us. Uh, how have things been uh, going for you since we last saw you? Well, um, it's not been bad. Um, 
You know, actually, great, actually. The the show has actually helped me significantly. And has it changed anything uh, as far as your dynamic with uh, with your dad, or or within your own family, or as far as your fight? Well, um, yes, things have changed. Um, I mean, I'll never know truly what happened, and that's between the ones involved and the Lord Himself. But and that's okay with me. But um, as I said in the show, I had every intention to treat him as a human being and as a father, regardless of the outcome of the show. Um, but I would, of course, gauge my involvement with him accordingly, and I have. Um, since the show, he's been on a deep downward tailspin. Um, he's been very angry. And for my protection and for my children's protection, I've chosen to remove us from his life for a while. And it's not that, um, you know, I gave him an opportunity for a relationship and, and he lost it. It was a choice. And, um, you know, I'm still open. I told him he can, he can email me, but that's about where we are. Well, I'm sorry to hear that because I know, you know, Chris and Fatima always say um, they never want to come between families. They just want to give you give you the truth. But um, you're doing okay. Your family's, uh, I mean, you're feeling strong. And Yes, yes. Um, I'm doing great. And my children are fine. Everything's fine. Um, you know, and like I said, it wasn't by choice. It wasn't my doing. It wasn't from the show that I chose to take a step back, but it was his reaction to it. And, you know, it kind of solidifies um, a lot of what I heard, um, a lot of the feedback that I heard during the show, um, just about his anger. And a lot of things have come to light. It's been a lot of processing. And I really am thankful for what you guys have done and shared. So uh, I'm 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 curious to know, and if you can, if if you feel like I'm overstepping my bounds, please tell me. I, I don't want to, I don't want to bring any any hurt or anything or make you relive anything. Well, what what was it that he, if you don't mind sharing, what was it that he did that made you decide to pull back? Um, the more that I thought about when you had talked about selfish ambitions and how he had a really good way of really making things seem as if it were selfless, but truly everything benefited him in one way, shape, or form. The more I thought about that, the more I realized that nothing has been selfless when that is only what I've ever been for him. And I closely monitored the situation, the relationship over the following months. And it just became so clear. And I still continued, still continued. And I made it very clear to him. I don't want to speak of the case. I don't want to speak of the show. Prove to me that you want to know me. And he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So here we are. He got angry. He got very angry. And here we are. It, it reminds me of this, you know, I think we had talked about at the table a little bit about this control that, that he likes to have. Um, 
and it it's sad because it almost sounds like he was trying to control the relationship so that it would work to his benefit. I was open, very, very open, and still am to truth. That's all I ever want. And I'm, I am a very strong person, and I can accept the truth. Um, and the truth of it is, is that I was asking for something that I don't believe we can have. And that's okay. That's okay. And, you know, I would much rather you guys bring it to the table so that I can see it, process it, apply it, and see it for myself than to have never known. And that's, that I really appreciate that. And beyond that, I did have a lot of good heart-to-heart conversations with my mother, ones that we haven't had growing up. And it was the show that has kind of triggered those conversations, and they've been so productive that her and I have never been closer. Oh, well, that's good to hear. That's great. How is uh, Diane, how's Diane doing? Um, I heard from her probably maybe the last two months after the show. But beyond that, she's had some health problems. And um, I haven't been hearing from her too, too much. She was going through a lot. And I know it's a lot of information to process and to digest as a mother. And she was having a hard time with it. But um, no, I haven't heard from her much since the show. Yeah, my heart really broke for, for your grandma. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it, it, it was very heartbreaking because there was a moment where she said it, you know, it sounds like I don't know him at all. And, and that was heartbreaking for me as a mom to think, oh, gosh, we just like we're trying to show her the truth, really. So she'll move on and just not, you know, so that she won't allow her energy to be used so much for fighting for him. Because we, we know that, she, you know, she opened up and said that's what he kind of required of her all the time. And that there yeah. were times where, you know, he wanted to talk to her and he wanted something and she's like, I can't right now. And it was a lot on her. Um, but it, it really breaks my heart for Diane just because that's her child. And, you know, maybe it, it helped her knowing she could help him. And um, so that's kind of devastating to learn that she's had health issues and everything else because, I mean, we'll, we'll keep her in our prayers because she is a, a beautiful woman, very sweet and loving. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I know that she, she's been back and forth with it. I don't know if it's denial or if it's just, you know, pain, pain itself. But she, um, she did get to a point where they did argue over everything. Oh wow. wow! Wow! Well, you know, um, you ha- these people have the opportunity to come clean. Right. You know, when when the show before, whether it's before the show or after the show, or or when you ask them, "Hey, give me the truth," you know, they have the opportunity to come clean and then still have forgiveness somewhere in there, and and still be able to have those people on their side. And so, I have to say, with people like Mike who, um, you know, it is lies and it is manipulating people and controlling people to see things, you know, the way they see it and to help them. It's all on you. And that's really unfair. And so I have to say, ultimately, I'm not so sad then if, if, you know, you let go of that relationship because it's not a healthy one. It's not, it's not a two-way street in providing one another with love and support. No, that's absolutely right. And that's exactly what it came to. Um, I did write him a letter when I finally decided that it was toxic and that it needed to change. And I just told him, I've, it's, it's enough. I can't do that anymore. 
Well, Sarah, I'm, you know, when we first met, Fatima and I both, and Rob, we all talked about how strong you are. And uh, I'm so glad that you have gathered that strength and helped you move on. I, I hate that, that that it happened this way, but I am I am glad to see you moving on because you have so much to live for. You have so much to, to, to do in this world. The world is a much better place <laughs> with you and people like mm-hmm. you being you around. You are so, so strong. I admire your strength so much, woman. <laughs> thank you and I'm, I'm glad that you know you could let go and have that peace because you have to place you and your family first that's for you sure you deserve it you definitely deserve it well th- Sarah thank you so much for uh, checking in with us and we wish you nothing but the best and we'll keep you in our thoughts all right well thank you for what thank you, you guys really take care bye-bye. All right, bye. bye-bye take care Sarah all right that wraps up this episode of the reasonable doubt podcast Oh my God, I can't believe it's happening. The season finale is coming up. So uh, the next podcast is going to be our last one. It is a powerful one. So please, Mm -hmm. please, please stay tuned for that. Make sure to watch Reasonable Doubt Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. on Investigation Discovery. My name is Rob Rosen, executive producer and creator of Reasonable Doubt. And I am Detective Chris Anderson, former homicide investigator and the co-host of Reasonable Doubt. And I'm Fatima Silva, criminal defense attorney and co-host of Reasonable Doubt. Who's going to send us away for the week? Who's going to say it? Thanks for listening. <laughs>